What are we going to have a difficult conversation about, Ben? You shut the door. What if I don't want the door shut? Do you want to have everybody hear our conversations about difficult conversations? We're literally recording the conversation to send out. What is that? That is a marker. You see how big that marker is? <laughs> I'm just looking at this. I'm like, this is it called the Big Nib whiteboard marker. So we just gave a, a pretty good uh, example of how not to handle a difficult conversation. <laughs> and that's what we're discussing today. Difficult conversations, if and when you should have them, how we handle them. Entering um, them in a positive state, not a place of anger. Yeah, with a good intention for positive resolution. Correct. Or not. In perspective. <laughs> As the case may be. Yeah. Lots of good points, I think, were brought up. Um you know, we um, we definitely have had some difficult conversations of our own over the course of our, our friendship. Yeah. Um, and I think we've handled them pretty well to this point. So I think we both have a lot of experience in this, and this was a fun conversation to have. Absolutely. Yeah. So episode 131. One, okay. Here we go. Boom. Well, I was born ready, Ben. For what? For this. Huh. I was made for this. I was made for this. That's that song. You heard that song? Carrollton, yeah. yeah. That's the band that does I it. I was made for this. We're recording, by the way. Bonus. You hadn't figured that out. Yeah, you did. It is Carrollton. You're right. Um, I'm, I'm never wrong when it comes to music. Okay. <laughs> ready? For We're going to play a name that song. This is fun. Silence. That's Toby Keith. <laughs> I, I, had, um, I went and bought this song on the 4th of July yeah. so I could blast it at the lake. Dude, that was like three bars of that and I had it. I know. That's because that's like a very yeah. distinctive song. Anyway, I was like, you better get this one. Enough of that. Um, American girl. I was once described as a cross between Shrek and Toby Keith and I wasn't even offended. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that meme? Remember, I showed you, the, uh, I can't remember if it came across our text message. This is somewhat inappropriate, but I think it's very funny. And But a lot of things that I think are funny are in, inappropriate. But it's, i got to find it. And people in Spokane will understand this right now because the temperature is still hovering around 100 degrees, which, I mean, that's usually like our last week of July, first it's week of naming, August. My watch says today, but it feels yeah, it hot. Feels, yeah, it feels hot. But either way, it's unseasonably warm for all of like June and July. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's remember this line you said Shrek and it made me think of this <laughs> it's so hot outside Shrek is in my pants arguing with my ass about whose swamp it is <laughs> I sent that to <laughs> Did you, you? <laughs> I was like oh that's so funny <laughs> I was dying I, I walked around the office sharing that with some of the guys you didn't even give me any credit did you you didn't yeah, say I hey did, Steven I, send me this I liked it oh, yeah. what, what do you, you need credit you need to stroke your ego I whenever sent it to one happens? of our group chats I believe you want to have a difficult conversation about it or something? Do we need to sit down and, yeah, and expect, talk about our feelings? Whenever you, you share my shit. <laughs> <laughs> First off, Steven <laughs> wants credit. So, but. Yep. Well, don't, welcome don't to Ordinary to Extraordinary. That. I'm Ben Clunt. It's my Scottish friend, Steven Brown. We're still for now, friends. we're still friends. Okay. <laughs> we were both going the same day. Sometimes I have to check, you know. Well, it depends on what you've done that day to piss me off, I guess. What have I done today to piss you off? Nothing yet. Oh, okay. We'll see how this podcast goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually after we record a podcast that I'm like, God, oh, that guy's an asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we got a nice compliment uh, via email yeah, share today that for you. some yeah yeah I was like that's cool it's always nice to people say nice things anytime you're compared with Breen Brown is, is yeah. a compliment right like <laughs> yeah, I know. leadership guru we didn't even have to pay for that endorsement seriously that was pretty <laughs> it's like how, wow sweet that's yeah so just in special. case you guys are wondering we're legit AF <laughs> we're legit AF <laughs> we're as fun is that what that means right What's the topic today, Stephen? Mr. Topic Man? Um, you frame it. It's yours. It's... Let me frame this. So, <laughs> o- the overarching topic is difficult conversations, how to have them, when to have them, if you should have them, I guess. Yeah. Um, Good yeah. caveat. 
so yeah difficult conversations and what we should do and you know how ben and i have handled them and maybe even some some insight into difficult conversations we have had and just uh i mean i I literally just came from a difficult conversation and for hr reasons i can't share the intricacies of it that's a lot of the time um but you know i think often when you have difficult conversations it feels like the weight of the world has been lifted off your shoulders right you've said what you need to say you've heard someone else's side of things um and i'm talking professionally and you realize yeah. that you're not as far apart as you may have thought i mean i i've lost sleep over this believe it or not and even asked the men's group that i'm part of for insight this morning to help me not blow up basically so yeah it went a lot better this difficult conversation i just had than, than i thought but i brought this to you this morning and i just we added some context as well that it's more than just difficult conversations it's um you know we often separate things out from professional to couples to mm-hmm. just friends and family like say like a dtr baby determine their relationship like trying to figure out like you probably had to have well maybe maybe we might have to edit this part out <laughs> just say you had to have a difficult conversation relationally recently i will leave her name out of it about like going to the next level and how yeah. maybe it's not time to go to the next level I've had, I've had a couple of those conversations with people coming out of the woodwork recently also coming out of the woodwork as in wanting to like rekindle an old romance yeah and 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 me being you're, Br- you're brutally honest judge here yeah. being honest but also more so with myself where and, and this is going to sound filthy but extrapolating out the carnal desire versus the yeah what you you know you should and shouldn't do yeah so well it's part of growing up yeah like you were just saying earlier part of growing up you get a new car what you're talking about and you behave yourself yeah it's, it's sometimes it's just like hey look we've been it only this took path you to 39 years old to nah, figure that i mean i've i've known for a long time <laughs> but yeah you know when this when the small brain wants to take over sometimes it, yeah but well and not only that i think you started to realize it's like those when steven and i were framing this topic earlier when we were just chatting over the phone one of the things that uh, i brought up is sometimes you might go into like a relationship right with these ideas of how it's going to work out but as time goes on it's like the inputs change the people change like what you who you were 10 years ago is not who you are now so the idea that if everybody just assumes that their partner or their friend is always going to be the same and never change is like, well, that's not how a relationship's going to work. So in any type of relationship, right, these difficult conversations are going to come up. Somebody's going to say something, do something. You're not acting how you used to act in the past, right? It's like, well, they're not the same person they were in the past. No one is ever the same person. They're constantly evolving and changing. So I, I don't think avoidance, I mean, avoidance is a tactic, but I don't think it's a long-term tactic to difficult conversations and uh, it, it, and have it be productive. Like, you know, if it's truly a conversation that needs to be had, mm-hmm. but sometimes maybe that's where we should start with the question of like, is it a conversation that needs to be had? And how do you determine if it's a conversation that needs to be had? Well, there's multiple factors to determine if it needs to be had. Often difficult conversations do have to be had, right? But I think the two biggest Which is probably why they're difficult, because you know you got to do it. You know, and like most things in life, where and when, right? So is this the place to have that difficult conversation? And is this the time to have that difficult conversation? Because do you want to have a difficult conversation in a heated environment or in a place that neither one of you feels comfortable truly sharing? Yeah. Maybe there's maybe there's observers, maybe there's... Uh, a, a reason that someone wants to wait to maybe have more clarity or levity to a, a situation in terms of I don't have all the details yet I don't have a full picture of what we're going to talk about so you can give your side I don't have that yet so I think where and when is important um, you know but yeah I think there's absolutely times where sometimes it's not worth having because people lack the capacity to um, not act irrationally or um, react irrationally. Sorry, once they uh, once they hear what you've got to say, regardless of how valid it is. 
Well, and your point of, uh, you know, is now the time to have it, I think is a really good one. Because somebody might say something, do something that's inappropriate, hurts you, whatever it might be, that is like, oh, man, they've done this action enough times, I need to have a conversation with them. Or maybe they've only done it once and you think you need to have a conversation with them or you're upset about it. And it's like, I don't think you want to go into a conversation being upset, right? Like, especially a difficult conversation, right? So that whole idea of taking an hour and then going and doing it or writing the email and not pressing send, uh, even like that's a whole different type of thing, like a, the virtual conversation, right? When you're having those because you don't get to see the body language. Mm-hmm. So it's like gauging gauging it just purely off of text if it's, you know, in font off of email is, is hard too. But... I mean, time out, sometimes it's pausing, taking a time out and be like, ouch, that hurt. I'm going to go be alone for a couple minutes and process what just happened before I just irrationally jump at them mm-hmm. in, in the form of a difficult conversation. I'm doing air quotes over here <clears throat> is probably not wise either. I think where I have struggled and realized that I have a skill set that not very many people have, and this isn't braggy. I process things in real time. So regardless of how how intense the situation is, how important things that react, how, how important the reactions are, I tend to process in real time very well and make, for the most part, good decisions in real time based on the situation and, and the facts I have available to me. Um, I had to learn more so in the last probably two and a half to three years with relationships that not everybody has that capability. And I'm talking friend rela- friends relationships, I'm talking romantic relationships, and I'm talking work relationships to where everybody processes differently and at different speeds and in different ways, right? Um, I like to have discussions while the, the emotion's still raw like I don't, a lot of people say that you shouldn't have a difficult conversation with emotion and it's like, well, that's impossible. Yeah. So the emotion's there. So you're either suppressing the emotion or you're being immature and you're not able to do so. Um, either way, you absolutely should have emotion. Or you can share, or, you can share your emotion. I don't say you got to yeah. suppress it, you know, or I mean, I, I think there's probably a, uh, that can be part of the conversation, right? It's mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, like if you're feeling hurt, then fine, feel hurt and, and share that in the form of mm-hmm. and let's say it. Yeah. So case in point, I, I, the most recent soccer board I served on, we got a lot done in six months. And when I got involved, I laid out the groundwork where I said, look, we're going to move quick. There's going to be a lot of communication. There's going to be a lot of things coming across your desk. And unless you see a major red flag, go with it. You've brought me in for a reason. I'm bringing a knowledge base and a skill base that you guys don't possess. And there's a framework here to get this club to the next level. And everybody was on board. I had one-on-ones with everybody. So I was president. Everybody else on the board had their their uh, their roles. As president, I was adamant that I didn't want to vote on anything. The president only breaks a tie. It's my job to make sure you guys have the information at hand. And then we decide and the majority rules like Robert's Rules of Order and we move forward unified. We don't then carry grudges and work behind the scenes to derail what the majority believes is right after assessing all the facts, right? About six months in, um, two board members asked for a one-on-one with me, well, two-on-one, I guess, and basically said they were exhausted, they didn't realize it was going to be this much work, and I was the one doing all the work. All they were doing was ratifying and signing off, and, um, but I understand that industry explicitly and better than almost anybody. Um, again, not braggy, it's a fact, and I'll back it up at any point. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the overarching consensus of this meeting was that they were intimidated by my aggressiveness. And I, I made them sort of uh, define what they meant by aggressiveness. And they're like, well, you know, when you speak, it's this and that, and you're very knowledgeable and we're not, and sometimes we need to press pause and get further clarity. And I'm like, so then, then why haven't you pressed pause and asked for further clarity? And what they were doing was they were taking one emotion and mislabeling it as another. 
I'm passionate. So you've seen it when I talk about something I'm passionate about. My voice might be elevated. I'm certainly not yelling. Um, animated, hands go, you know, my eyes get larger. And, and this, and I, I want to say that this was some bullshit because this, basically this, one of the, these people was a lady and she basically said that she felt intimidated because she wasn't knowledgeable and because I was a man. And that was where she left it. And then the guy took all of this and I kept coming back to her and going, look, if you, I, I can only apologize if you've ever felt intimidated by this, not the intention. And your interpretation of me shouldn't have gone six months unchecked. You should have brought this to my attention sooner to where perhaps we could have added perception or added um, a, a different perception perspective. for perspective sorry for you to then go okay I get it now he's not being aggressive he's not being intimidating he's not bullying me into anything which I wasn't I was laying out facts and you know if someone brought something to the table that needed a discussion nine times out of ten I could bring clarity to the situation and say well the reason that that could or couldn't work is here here's a case study and what why it failed or maybe that's not a direction we want to go or here's the differences from soccer to other sports and the, the direction that we should go versus love the thought if we can adapt that to work for, so it was all that kind of stuff and and that at that point that's when i realized i'm a bit off something i laid out clearly what the path should be had people that thought they knew what that meant and now they don't so you just walk away from it after that you're I, just like i walked bye. away well it, there was a merger as well and i didn't want to work with the new club so people at that club easy. i didn't trust so yeah it was easy and the funny thing was well, and sometimes almost, see those difficult conversations like are so they get solved yeah in that case in point it was perfect the funny thing about that and i've never really gone into this detail with you um after that so many people that were on that board and so many people that were involved in that club called me and both apologized and basically thought that I'd been forced out and I was like no I'm perfect I feel good about this I came in and made really positive changes and you guys are going to the next level and you know my personal decision not to work with certain people should not affect what you guys think is in the best interest of the club and if you believe this is in the best interest of the club I'm not going to progress with it but I'm happy that you guys are well and part of that's just being mature enough to be able to step away too right and we had uh we're like on the board train here <laughs> chugga 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 choo choo board train but uh, that's where a lot of difficult conversations should happen right yeah yeah i mean not necessarily always difficult but just like differing opinions if it, so there was uh the boy scout board the little northwest uh council boy scouts and so i'm on that board right and it mm-hmm. was uh I had, you know, I'm at a point in my life with kids and work where it's like, I don't necessarily want to be having all of my time dictated for me. And, you know, I want to be able to spend more time with the the boys and have a little bit of freedom too, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I just told them I'll step away. So, and it, but like, like you're like, sometimes it goes in different directions, right? And that's fine. And you do what's in the best interest of the organization that you're a part of. It might be awkward to go and tell somebody like, hey, if you want to replace me, you know, and you want to you want to fill, have somebody else fill this seat in this position, I'm 100% okay with that. And, you know, they can go and they can seek somebody out to replace you. Mm-hmm. It's not always a fun conversation. And sometimes you got to still continue to grind and work until you get a replacement. But you can still be a part of it. Like you're still a part of soccer. You're coaching. See you right now, and maybe it's just a different capacity. Why are you smiling at me? Because just in the last week or so, that's so. Oh, that's another difficult conversation. <laughs> no, it's a good conversation. Oh, I uh, I came home last night feeling really fulfilled. I ran. So last night was the first training session I'd ran in year and a half two years i covered for because we were no, talking three about years i covered for brian when he was in a in the sandbox yeah um the sandbox but there's a yeah he went to kuwait what else do you want me to call it um there's a there's a cathartic release when i'm teaching that sport and frankly i was terrified i'm like well do you forget how to do this and then i got out there and 
right into it and it's funny one of the assistant coaches um, said to me when I was setting up so when I get to the field and I'm glad that this was kind of a difficult conversation that she's mentioned to some of the other coaches but wanted to address with me I'm pretty hey you guys have your fun so I always give the players like while until it's top of the hour when we start your time is yours you want to interact with me that's fine if not focused I'm setting things up making sure the the field's set up making sure I've got the equipment I need making sure that in my head I know what my progressions are what we are looking to achieve today and then when we're ready to start come in and set those realistic expectations I look at it almost like a sales meeting set the expectations tell them what I want from them tell them what they should see what their progression should be any questions or issues boom we get right into it but this coach comes and goes you always seem so grumpy when you show up again it's a mislabeling of the emotion and it's like no I'm glad you brought this up I'm not grumpy well, I'm I focused th- they did say you always seem so grumpy yeah and I said, it's not grumpy. I'm focused. I have a plan in my head. I have a piece of paper in my pocket that I've written it out on. And if I ever need to, I'll look at it. Generally speaking, I've looked at it enough as I'm planning it that I know. Um, but it's always there if I need it. Just a quick note. Like, oh, I really wanted to focus on this aspect. Like, here's where we're getting broken down. Here's where we're going to fix it, right? And I, and I had a three, four-minute conversation with her about the difference between me being grumpy and me being focused. And then she came to me at the end and said, okay, you had a ton of fun with the players. There was a ton of interaction, like back and forth. Like there was one girl wearing a Rush t-shirt, which I thought was awesome. Um, Asked her what her favorite Rush song was. And turns out it's her friend's t-shirt. And then it was the friends like, oh, I don't know. My dad bought me that. Like, I don't listen to them. So there was a bit of banter and (laughs) it was just kind of fun. It was, but when she saw that there's, there's fun, there's hard work and there's focus, and the part beforehand is me preparing to basically perform. Now she gets it. You know, it's and funny. She's not going to think I'm a grumpy asshole anymore. Is a lot of the time when you think about the difficult conversations that you've had to have, and you go into it and you and you work it up in your mind to something that is going to be a lot worse and bigger than it is like a medical diagnosis, right? You always think you're dying mm-hmm. when you got to go for a me- well, you know, a medical diagnosis. It's probably the worst, and then in reality, it's usually not. It's the same situation, I think, with these difficult conversations. Like, you go in expecting the person to be combative, to have, uh, you know, it just be not go in a pleasant manner. When quite often it does go, and you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a pleasant experience in that there's resolution or it was a mis, uh, misperception as to how the person was actually feeling. To you, like that, case in point, like Stephen's mm-hmm. grumpy. It's like, well, no, I, don't mistake my, my focus for grumpiness. And I'm sorry if it comes across that way, you know. I'm glad that that's how I'm being, you know, I'm glad that you told me that's how I'm being perceived, right? Mm-hmm. And to have that conversation. But a lot of the time, that's all it is. It's just a misperception. Yeah. But it was, I mean, she approached it thinking it was going to be a difficult conversation. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. And yeah. And it, so, and it wasn't because, like, oh, that's not what I mean. I mean, that's not how I'm trying to come across. Like, I've had people say that to me. Like, sometimes I can come across as harsh and calloused. It's like, but that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. that's just how I'm being perceived or maybe even what my actions are. And it's like, oh, I'm just really tired, right? It's not like I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be you know, grumpy. I just didn't sleep well last night, right? And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, this actually leads into something that I hadn't thought about until now, until we really started talking about it. But I think a lot of difficult conversations, when they happen have that realization that there was a misconception on someone's part or maybe both parts where you're both coming to it with a pre- just said yeah. <laughs> yeah but i hadn't thought about it oh like legitimately like, like what are you looking at on your ipad that you're not listening you've uh you've both had this preconceived notion that well they're an asshole because they're doing this and it's like well maybe they're not doing that well and what's even better is when both of you come to a different conversation you're like yeah i've been meaning to talk to you about that and you're both coming with your different misconceptions and then, that's when it can be a little harder because you're like oh or or we both think we're in the right or the wrong you know why have we let this fester for a month before we talk about seriously, it seriously right? yeah that too yeah. it's like man i'm glad that we we're both open oh, that's something i wanted to bring up actually when, when i was sitting here thinking about this prior to us talking uh this morning was the idea of coming to these difficult conversations 
with an open mind because I think sometimes people come to difficult conversations Grace? with a that's my word you see my <laughs> word what's my word of the year Stephen <laughs> but like they come to these conversations with an idea and a plan and an agenda right when it's like I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna tell them how it's gonna go type thing it's like and those conversations never go well because nobody likes to be told how things are gonna go down right so it's like if you come to it but like hey I need to gain an understanding of why it is that Steven is grumpy because <laughs> it's gonna help me empathize with him and have a better understanding that hopefully I can help other people or I can help him get past whatever it is that he struggled with right yeah so instead of coming be like hey Steven you're a dick quit being a dick <laughs> it's yeah. like Okay, well, that's not helpful. Well, here's a... Uh, but yes, coming at it with grace, right? One of my wonderful leaders, Ryan Joswick, who I think you've met. Yeah, that you have. familiar, yeah. Um, so he's senior vice president of our company. I remember he once said to me, hey, here's how we should approach these kinds of things. So I approached him for guidance on having a problem with one of my leaders. I'm close to having a having a uh, an episode shall we say not sure how to have this conversation he said look you really can't go wrong when you approach something from a the first you do is, is you say what the intention of the difficult conversation is like hey there's been tension between us I want to move past it I want to find a pathway forward and he said explain what the action is how you perceive the action, how it makes you feel, and then ask if that's the intention. Yeah. He said, you're not making an accusatory... Um, no, that's great. It's yeah. literally like, hey, here's here's what you've been saying or doing. Here's how I feel about that. Like, this is what I'm interpreting it as. Just curious, is are you aware of that? Is that something that... Is that the point? Like, are you going for it? And you know what? I would say 100 times out of 100 anybody in leadership or even a subordinate is going to be like oh hell no no that's not what i was trying to do mm-hmm. like here's here's the concept here's what i was trying to do yeah, usually they apologize too is it an interpretation yeah. thing is it a delivery thing and you find a way through it right that's so tim and i have had those conversations before mm-hmm. in like where he'll, he'll do something in a meeting a group meeting and i'll come in afterwards <laughs> to do his office and be like hey and I, I usually frame it in that, like, hey, at this point, I know your character. I know what you're about. I know that your intent was not negative. But here's what you did in the meeting or said in the meeting. And this is how I perceived it. And I think some others might have perceived it or felt about it, right? And he's always mm-hmm. like, oh, crap. Like, no, that's not what I meant. I'm sorry if it came across that way. You know, and then they clarify. Yeah. And it's like, okay, just wanted you to know, like, your actions like you did this it made me feel and that's what i've always said it's like people can't really argue with like you did this okay yeah i did that you it made me feel it's like oh mm-hmm. well i yeah i can't control your feelings but if that's how that action makes you feel and i care about you as a person then i i should note that for future reference right or that that, that is how that action or that word phrase mm-hmm. whatever might be perceived in the future and you know, if it's appropriate in the moment, you can address it in the moment. And here's another technique that I use it in sales more than anything. I don't know if it's a, what, a, there's probably not a fancy name for it. Uh, maybe just confirmation. Like I repeat what they said, but yeah, maybe no, in a, gr- maybe in a different subset of what they said. So, well, yeah, what, let, me, let me say it a little differently. Let me repeat it back to you so that I can make sure that yeah. I. I'm understanding or, what you're saying. Okay, so here's what I'm hearing. Is that is that what you're? No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. Right? Is usually yeah. the reaction to that. Or yes, that's like, what I meant. Okay. And I mean, at that point, it's yeah. like, okay, well, here's. I just want to register my issue with that, and maybe we can talk about it down the line. But you know, th- that's a way to approach. Register something. my issue with that. <laughs> like, What's that? I just want to register my issue. Yeah, with I just that. want you to know. I like just know that that's something I want to dive into down the line. But let's not stop here. There's other people here. Or yeah. Let's, let's we'll take that offline. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So it's um, it's interesting because a lot of people don't realize when they're having difficult conversations that they're socializing an issue for the first time. Like they might have clarity in their mind and their vision and their set of requirements and what they want to achieve. But often people don't share that well. So... 
the difficult conversation is born of, hey, your communication leading up to this hasn't been good. Like, we didn't know what your vision for this was. We don't know what you're trying to achieve. And then you kind of throw it out there. Now we got to have a difficult conversation because you haven't included the three departments or the three people or ten people or whatever that need to be involved in this conversation. So I'm kind of talking hypothetically and don't want to get too far in the weeds there, but just remember sometimes when you have a difficult conversation, you got to ask yourself, have I socialized this before or is this the first time this person's hearing this? Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're going to address it differently depending on what the the answer to that question totally. is. Totally. This is funny. This morning I was, uh, I, I actually... Our, our babysitter was late to the house because one of the boys' schools closed, mm-hmm. and so we have someone coming to the house to watch Charlie at the house in the morning. She was late uh, getting there, and so I t- texted, uh, and I did not have the babysitter's phone number, so I texted my wife, who's with patients, so she doesn't text How back. How old is she, and is she cute? <laughs> She's too young for you, you creeper. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. And uh, so I text... Uh, Travis's wife, Kaylee Pop, and then another friend who uh, I know knows her and probably has her phone number. And uh, they were like, well, uh, they, could they text me back? Like, hey, here's her phone number. Like, a couple minutes later, like, did she get there? Did she, like, arrive? I'm like, yeah, she got there. Like, was she sorry for being, like, 25 minutes late? I was like, yeah, she was sorry and everything. And I, I it just came out of me. And I was like, you know, once is a mistake, twice is a habit. <laughs> and Kaylee's like, love that quote. <laughs> but it's like, I think that is what you're saying is like once can be a mistake like twice it starts to form a habit mm-hmm. right so what is the context right because you could if you're nitpicky you could just pick people apart and we need to have a difficult conversation we need to have a conversation about your behavior it's like that one time it's like that's where the grace comes in i think to some degree too it's like don't be so sensitive that every little thing that somebody says you're triggered by mm-hmm. right because i think that you're just going to live a life of sadness if that's the case right you've got to be bold enough and strong enough to get over some of the stuff right i mean difficult conversations really shouldn't in my mind happen that often because for one you should just be communicating and for two you shouldn't be overly sensitive right but again i mm-hmm it might live in a different world. <clears throat> I think, so this is another part about difficult conversations that you just led into this great, the part about being overly sensitive is often when people have to have difficult conversations, the person on the receiving end of the, the more, more of the criticism sees it as a personal attack, which often it's not. It's like, hey, especially if it's approached in the right way we talked about here's the behavior here's the perception here's how people feel about it is that your intent if you Mm -hmm. approach it from that most of the time um you're going to get a a positive reaction right where someone's going to basically be like oh okay yeah i didn't appreciate i didn't understand that that's what the perception was i'll readdress it i won't do that in the future i'll try not to do that in the future here's the steps i'm going to take to fix it right that's the ultimate positive outcome but like i said often the perception is that you're attacking me and you're picking on me and i think we talked about grace when you're giving feedback but i think the more important thing is is the grace receiving it and not to look at everything as a personal attack and maybe totally. try and zoom out and have the the awareness to know that okay there's an issue here whether it is my fault or it's not my fault i have to hear this out and maybe to my point earlier you don't process in real time have to go away and process this and not necessarily build a defense but maybe you realize this is a this is something that yeah that might be the outcome but it's not something I'm doing that creates that outcome and I'm going to come and have well, a conversation with you. Another difficult conversation yeah. that, hey, here's what's actually happening. I want you to be aware of that. Now can we find a way to move forward? Yeah. But the grace receiving it is almost more important than the grace giving it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, grace on both sides. Mm-hmm. Grace giveth and, and taketh. <laughs> you know, it. Uh, that's interesting you to build a defense, but... It, it and, and sometimes it is build a defense. Sometimes it's just 
in my other word, introspective research, right? Mm-hmm. To go and like think about like why are they doing? It? Am I doing to like am I putting off that vibe and why am I doing that, right? And is that because perception is reality, right? If people perceive you to be grumpy, then you're grumpy. You're mm-hmm. grumpy, Stephen, right? And that's how it's perceived. If everybody says that, that's how you're perceived. And if you want to be known as that or don't care, then so be it, right? And just know that that affects obviously the outcomes. And who's going to want to be around you? I'm not. I'm picking on you a little bit, which yeah, is with that particular right. example. But that's just how it works, and that's fine. And if you're going to, you know, tell them like, "Yep, yeah, fine. You can think I'm grumpy. I'm not, but you can think I'm grumpy." It's like, okay, well, then Some things I am noted. We won't be hanging around grumpy. <laughs> yeah, maybe I am grumpy. But thanks for asking. Um, oh geez, what you are know, you doing? I, I just dropped my iPad. I'm more inclined to. In that situation, I would probably have approached it a little bit differently from her, where she almost was abrasive, like, hey, why are you always so grumpy? As opposed to, hey, you okay? You seem kind of, eh, it's coming across as grumpy. Yeah. Like, it's a different way to well, approach it. Well, some people just aren't as, uh, maybe tactful as how they go yeah. about it. You know, whereas someone else might have been like, I'm not grumpy, bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's like, well... Which is what Stephen said inside n- his head. Now you're coming across as grumpy, right? Yeah. Um, you're, you're not defensive either, are you? No. I mean, defense defensiveness is the... I mean, that's the polar opposite of grace when receiving criticism, right? Oh, totally. Oh, not, no, that's... You know, and I'm sure you've dealt with people like that. Well, it's it's grace, but it's also just a lack of, like idea of anything that happens outside of who your own little world i think like people just have no perception of the reality of life sometimes and they just see it from through their own little microcosm and no 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 what i see is reality it's like what i believe is reality well no you could be as what a sociopath believes is not reality what a schizophrenic person believes is not reality right i'm not calling them schizophrenic or sociopath but all right (laughs) But some people act that way. Yeah. We touched on something earlier. And I want to dive into it just a little deeper because it was kind of glossed I've been over. meaning to talk to you about your touching. <laughs> you really shouldn't be touching on stuff. That's I'm not know. touching on your stuff. <laughs> um, hashtag me too. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the thing about comedy is I can joke about anything and anybody can choose to find it funny or not funny. So this – okay, hold on. So, so keep your point. But yep. – <laughs> We uh, we were talking about uh, our office. And I, I'll leave out everything we were talking about about our office. But we said, like, we're going to have to have a sensitivity training. And one of the guys pulled up the office skit with Michael Scott <laughs> where he's like, okay. I just watched that last you week. You can only make fun of people for something that they can control. You can't make fun of them for stuff they can't control. Like falling like in a koi pond? Oscar. <laughs> he's gay. We can make fun of him because he's gay. <laughs> he chose to be gay. And they're like, no, you can't do it. He's like, like falling in a koi pond. You can't make fun of me for falling in a koi pond because it was an accident and I regret it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god. That's a good episode, by yeah. the way. You and then their the HR episode. guy, their poor, poor, poor HR guy is like, uh, no, no, that's not right, Michael. You can't make fun of anyone mm-hmm. for their sexual orientation or race or you know anything like that. And he's like, who, who asked you, you big tuna, <laughs> you block-headed <laughs> yellow? He's like, is what I wanted to say. <laughs> that's such a great episode. That is a good episode. No, we talked earlier about not having difficult conversations. And I guess I'd ask you, so what criterion... Would you say would this guy's staring us down? Is he whether yeah, friggin' Dolph Sorry, Lundgren I was, there? I know. I was like, the guy walks by looking like Dolph Lundgren with his aviator the, sunglasses on. Who was the guy? Uh, the cartoon character Johnny Bravo. Johnny, he's like Johnny Bravo lost yeah. hundred pounds. Dolph Lundgren, Johnny Bravo, they look similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had the hair, but it was gray. It was like Johnny Bravo, but thirty years older and you 50 know who pounds Dolph lighter. Lundgren is, right? No, Rocky. The Russian that he fought, big blonde guy. Hmm. Wow, he's on. He was in Universal Soldier with Jean Claude Van Damme. Sounds cool. He was one of the other side. Oh, come on, dude. I don't know. You're talking. You about. you are killing Maybe me I'll here. Recognize him. I want to just register my disappointment that I'm going to have to have a, di- a 
difficult conversation with Ben. Like, do you have any testosterone in your entire body oh, if you don't know guy. who Dolph Lundgren is? I, I do know who that is. <laughs> you didn't know his name. Do you see why I drew that similarity to the guy that just walked by? Blonde hair, I'm sunglasses. A little bit. This, Dolph's got a more chiseled, like, face. Yeah. I mean, there's he's, like, 2% body fat, if that. Dude, this guy looks like he's, like, part of a boy band from the 90s. And that That's him now? Yeah, he's in good shape because he's, he's like older, pushing too. pushing 60, yeah. Yeah, oh, he's probably sixty yeah, already. Sorry. He's sixty-three. Also, if you don't, if you haven't seen all the Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, go watch them. They're still crap, but they're awesome. They're um, still they're like the acting is terrible, but there's so much kickboxing and violence in them. Bloodsport, kickboxing, Universal Soldier—they're just so good. Um, anyway, oh. not having conversations, so difficult conversations. The criterion for you: at what point would you go? That's not worth having a con. And maybe that's the answer: like it's not worth having that difficult conversation. Oh, I think that depends on what you want the outcome to be. Do you want the outcome to be resolution, or have you mentally given up? Because if you've mentally given up, then then you know, just walk away and be done with the whole thing entirely. Because you're only going to have the difficult conversation is if you care enough about the person or the incident and want a positive outcome, right? And, like you want to stay in, in, in the current state, mm-hmm. i.e. I, with the person, with your office, with whatever, right? So it's like when I said, like when somebody approaches you, like when I go and talk with Tim and it's like, these actions you said this it made me feel this way it's like the person you're saying that to should care enough about you and change their actions or at least help you understand why their actions aren't like that's not what I, i'm not trying to say that so please give me some grace when i do those actions because that's what i'm saying right um so in that situation both people want positive outcome right we want to continue to work together we want to be continue to be friends we don't want to have our friend or colleague or whoever feel like we're mean to them or that we're hurting mm-hmm. them. So, but if someone's doing that to you and you're not vocalizing it and you just want to leave and be done anyways, right? Then what's the point of the conversation? So I would say, yeah. what's, you know, what's your hope? And if it is sticking around, then the, have the conversation. If it's being done, then have the other difficult conversation of saying I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's, there's, situationally I think my response would be different to the question I just asked you so in a professional environment you've obviously got to ask yourself do I need to have communication or a relationship with this person in the future potentially or I was just going to say the timeline matters too I would say is it worth burning a bridge now and not talking to this person when there's clearly an issue or tension to six months down the line be like oh, I need that person for this part and we haven't had a relationship for the last six months and now I'm going to ask them for help or vice versa right um, and is it going to affect clients is it going to affect office morale so on and so forth so I think from a professional standpoint you have to sometimes maintain relationships that you otherwise would let go mm-hmm. right so maybe a difficult conversation has to be had and the difficult conversation goes along the lines of, hey, here's what we need each other for. Let's make sure that we're professional and courteous. Outside of that, I don't think we care for each other. That's fine. Yeah. And it's funny how sometimes people have the difficult conversation at the end versus at the beginning, Mm -hmm. kind of like we talked about, like, hey, I'm quitting, and then they do an exit interview. Why are you quitting? Well, because for the last two years, years. you don't even know. You're like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. why, why didn't you come to me and tell me? Like, that you feel, well, I just didn't think you'd be open to it. It's like, good That wasn't Lord. sexual like, harassment. I just scratched the wrong part of my body at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being funny again. Oh, um, hopefully it was funny. Uh, but then interpersonal relationships, right? So whether that be family, friends, um, acquaintances, whatever. I think it's a different question then. It's not, do I need this person? Do they need me? Is this going to affect other people moving forward maybe the last question plays into it like you don't want to just burn the boats with your whole family right unless maybe you need to do that but i think from that standpoint it's like well this is uncle joe uncle joe's been this way his whole life so i can complain about it or i can just limit the amount of time i spend with exactly i see him once a year at thanksgiving for three hours shit i can put up with that 
yeah. with the interest in the interest of not upsetting grandma because she loves having us all together right yeah so maybe that's a decision you make or well this is my brother i see my brother every freaking day um <laughs> or every other day you know we're close and this really grinds my gears so we're gonna have a discussion about this in a respectful way yeah that isn't just like hey you jerk face stop doing that shit right <laughs> yeah. um hey you jerk face so i think you approach family and friends differently but at the same time sometimes you do need to burn the boat sometimes it is a case of well i don't need this person in my life even though they're family there there's a toxicity there's a a repeated pattern of of disrespect yeah. or or yeah, just no, you're right. behaviors that I do not condone. Therefore, I'm going to remove them with the caveat that you can adjust this. Maybe you do have a difficult discussion. Like, until such time as I see a marked improvement in this, this, and this, you will not be part of my life, my family's well, life. Well, and to the point so of toxicity, so if they're doing something that's harmful, you know, to themselves or to your relationship and your family or kids or anything like then yeah you're mm-hmm. you're done until at which time you've healed i yeah. guess we'll say and that's it comes across as cold or callous but i've never had a problem burning a bridge you know it's i think people get anxiety well, over it or, and i'm talking I mean, family as well yeah, like, and i get there's there's i guess bur- burning a bridge for most people, I think is thought of it in a negative connotation, you know. So, it's not necessarily burning a bridge, as in maybe like re- removing yourself gracefully or, or severing. Yeah, you, you know, can gracefully. you can build a new bridge by adjusting your behavior. Yeah, because you never maybe that person comes back to you later on and ap- apologizes for their behavior. Like you know, it's mm-hmm. happened before. Like I've had people that are like, "Wow, I was a jerk." I'm sorry we haven't seen each other for years. Like, mm-hmm. can we try again type thing? You know, like friend or something? You're like, yeah. Like, but if I was like, you're a total asshole, like that's what they're going to remember. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not going to come back and even apologize and there will never be resolution. So at least in this manner, it's like you leave the door open for resolution in the future as long as you have mentally come to a point mm-hmm. of peace and comfort with the situation, right? And then you allow them the opportunity whenever in your lifetime to come back and own their part of it when they're ready to do so. So there's a massive piece of this that I think we've completely overlooked and haven't mentioned yet. And often Did I just mention it? No. I think often with family I got one too. You this would be more relevant with family. But actually no, it's really relevant in the workplace as well. A different perspective. So you've heard their side, they've heard your side. Have you asked someone else, like, hey, from the outside looking in, what what do you see? Like, am I wrong? Am I perceiving this wrong? Is he perceiving this wrong? Like, as a hopefully neutral we bystander. We did that lunch yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you, you asked me about having difficult conversation or a difficult conversation or a mentoring is what it was. Yeah. Like mentoring to higher up. And so we talked about that a little bit, right? It's like different perspective shapes your intellect, I would say, which mm-hmm. gives you the ability to be more graceful, right? The more perspectives you have your ability to be graceful towards that individual, I think, grows. It makes it easier. Well, I would say this as well. Look, I'm blessed in that in my short but colorful life, I've been in a lot of situations, positive, negative, neutral, um, high high stress, low stress. um, And I think for the most part, I can make good decisions, again, in real time based on the facts that I have presented to me. But it doesn't mean that I don't need that outside perspective. It doesn't mean that by me both being vulnerable enough to ask, but also graceful enough to accept that I know we're in completely different industries, you and I. I know that your your hierarchical setup and, and the hierarchical setup that I have with Heartland is not even comparable right maybe there's some crossover but for the most part it's different but i know that by asking you who has got a completely different list of life experiences and obviously a different perspective i can potentially just have extra clarity coming into something so it might be that you get an affirmation of what you were planning yeah and other times it might be ah, i hadn't thought about that approach and maybe I need to reevaluate 
perception. Maybe I need to reevaluate the the outlook on this. Maybe well, I need to reevaluate what a few times. Because a lot of the time, how many times have you past? had those conversations? You're like, oh crap. Yeah. I need to. Okay. Never mind. I thought I had it figured out. I need to go sit, back to the drawing board. Yep. Scratch like, that. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that a few times. You're like, oh dang it! I had it all in my mind. What I was gonna say. You know, nobody has all the answers and anybody that thinks they do, you know, generally speaking, they're know-it-alls and generally speaking, they're the worst people to be around, I would say. And I would agree. Sorry, I just had a massive yawn. Yeah, it's that time of the day, man. It is that time of the day. 3.34 p.m. Well, I think we've covered off on most of the things I thought of and wanted to discuss. Have you got anything you would add to having difficult conversations? I mean, it was... I don't think there's any easy way to have a difficult conversation, <laughs> right? So just keeping that in mind, right? It's like waiting for the perfect time doesn't exist. You know, it's like there's appropriate times, but the perfect time doesn't exist. Consider your company, right? If it's an issue between you and Stephen, or if it's between Stephen and I, I go to Stephen. If you've got an issue with me, he comes to me. We don't need, you know, a bunch of people in the room. What people don't want to feel is ganged up on too. So that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say earlier is like if Stephen comes with other bu- buddies and like we want to all tell you how bad you are, it's like well that's not you're not here for a productive difficult. Is this an intervention? Yeah, <laughs> like you're just here to be mean. Yeah. Like so it's like don't try and like be a bully to people in a yeah. difficult conversation. Right? Don't come at it from like well we're just here for you. Like be intentional. Like come at it from a place of love and mm-hmm. grace. And resolution, seeking positive resolution or just resolution, maybe not even positive. I think as well, sometimes brevity is important. So keep it concise. And pauses. Right? And it's like conversation, pauses. So many people, well, we're going to schedule a whole night to sit down and come to a conclusion or come to a solution to this. And it's like, yeah, probably not going to happen. Again, not everybody processes in the same time or in real time. So keep it short like hey I'll, we're going yeah. to schedule 15 Get minutes to point. maybe f- 5 minutes of pleasantries 5 minutes for me to say my piece 5 minutes for you to say your piece not counter each other but just hey here's my perspective here's your perspective and then let's schedule a follow up meeting mm-hmm. where we can both go process this maybe we write down our thoughts hopefully especially in the professional sense you should be taking notes so that you can address people's concerns and issues right so yeah brevity is important i think the more concise you can be when you're going to have a difficult conversation but maybe plan it out to where these are the these are my top three things i want to check off on today yeah and maybe maybe they do or don't do that but you know that walking away from the difficult conversation you've had you've checked off on what you had to get off your chest mm-hmm. so well it gives you the peace yep but so. well thank you all for listening Stephen would like you to go rate review us share, share us with someone or on social media if let you someone have a know younger that this podcast you listen to is single friend wonderful. don't be trying to hear me Stephen out. would like to meet them <laughs> don't be trying to <laughs> hear me out hear me <laughs> like, Stephen's doing just fine um, he, he's got sad puppy dog eyes, you guys. I did not have sad puppy dog he's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I'm just I'm perfectly I'm happy. Bear, um, anyway, yeah. Awesome. We appreciate you guys listening as always. And until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom. <laughs>